Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden. Hi, I'm your host, Misty Little, and this is Season 4, Episode 16. Today, I'm doing something a little different. I'm taking you on a hike with me. A few weeks ago, my family and I went to Huntsville State Park to camp, and that's near Huntsville, Texas. It's about an hour and a half from downtown Houston, if the traffic's good. The state park was created in the 1930s with the help of the Civilian Conservation Corps, the CCC, like so many of our state parks throughout the country. While this park is on the western edge of the Piney Woods, it still has a great Deep East Texas vibe. I run through a lot of plants uh, as I'm talking, and I'll put those on the podcast website if you're curious as to what I'm rattling off. A few things I did mention. The violet I talk about was definitely Viola sagittata, and the viburnum was refugulum. And I'm not sure on the Baptisia species, though, um, because it wasn't flowering. And there's only a handful of Baptisia species in Texas that I could find. And it's probably one of the more common ones just because of the nature of that. But, you know, no flower. I didn't really feel like trying to identify it deep, deeper than genus. Also, I talk about going off trail and bushwhacking. I thought I would kind of go a little bit into that because I didn't go into specifics about it too much while I was hiking. Um, and, but with the recent mass of thousands of people visiting the super blooms in Southern California, I kind of wanted to talk about in, the impacts of ecosystems and going off trail and kind of differentiating the differences on that. Um, so the, with the super bloom, there's a mass of people coming from a city that aren't necessarily familiar with uh, outdoor ethics necessarily. So... There are some issues with that uh, <laughs> you may have seen. Then there's also the difference in when things are clearly labeled to stay on a trail, to stay off of uh, a certain plant species or sensitive area. So take all that into consideration when I talk about bushwhacking. You know, if you're using, there's a whole ton of lands, BLM lands, national forests that are pretty much open spaces. A lot of hunters utilize them. They're going off trail. Know that there are places that are okay for this, and there are places that are not okay for this. Just, just be aware of that. If if you if you have a trail map from a park and it says please stay on the trail, these are sensitive ecosystems. Follow the directions. Don't go bushwhacking. Don't do things like that. Um, but also the same thing. If you are in an area that you can go do all of this still be mindful of where you're going if you're in a sensitive ecosystem. Um, you know, try not to create trails everywhere and don't travel in humongous groups and, you know, don't create paths that aren't necessary is what I'm trying to say. So I kind of left that a little vague and then I saw the all the issues with, with the super bloom and I thought I would kind of try to clarify that a little bit. But beyond that, just I want to encourage you to just go hike in general. Get on trails, go outside, go see some of the natural places around you. A lot of people think that they need to go, you know, you need to go to a big national park out west or, you know, some of the nice ones out east, but you don't. There is a, oftentimes a lot of really neat and interesting things in your own backyard, and you don't have to go bushwhacking or going off trail for that. Just go on the trail, take a guidebook start using iNaturalist, take pictures, get curious. So just get to know the ecosystems that are in your own backyard. Um, something I saw on a different hike that I did not record was a zebra swallowtail butterfly. And we're really on the western, far western edge of their habitat. 
um, here in Texas, but in general, like the Huntsville State Park area, most of the sightings are further in deeper East Texas near the border towards Louisiana. So I was really excited to see that. You, you just never know what you're going to find when you're out doing these hikes. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's a little different. If, if I get good reviews on this, I may do some more in, in the future. I don't often get a chance to hike by myself, um, but I may, I may do that in the future. It was kind of fun. And I used, I used the voice memo uh, app on my phone. So I was actually surprised how clear the, the audio quality was on that. So you can find the show notes for the episode at thegardenpathpodcast.com, podcast at gmail.com, and find me on Instagram at thegardenpathpodcast. Enjoy the episode. So I am at Huntsville State Park, and I'm about to head out on the Prairie Branch Loop, um, the lower loop along the Lake Raven side, and I uh, thought I would just kind of share what I see along the trail. I'm here camping with my husband and son and they're fishing and I felt like going for a hike and doing a little early spring botanizing. Uh, it's a nice sunny day. Kind of cooled off this week after some string of 70 degrees days. I think it got to like 82 or 83 one day. But uh the low 60s, mid 60s today. Mostly sunny. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Lots of new things are blooming or resprouting uh, greenery. And uh, like I said, <laughs> I'm going to be out of breath on this hike a lot. Um, lots of new things are coming up. I've got, looks like uh, Renonia coming up, some uh, little seedlings of that. But most of this forest is adjacent to uh, Sam Houston National Forest. So it's kind of got the same characteristics. Loblolly pine dominated canopy. A lot of yopon understory. Uh, sable minor palm along wetter areas. And then lots of vines and forbs and things like that too. So I've come down along the, the uh, lake here now, passing some rather large of the loblolly pines, some specimens that, you know, you don't often see really large loblolly pines. Most of East Texas was logged back, you know, it still is logged through pine plantations, but um, all of the old growth was logged through the 19, 1900s up till you know, the 50s and 60s. And um, it's kind of why there was a big push to get the big thicket named as a national preserve to preserve some of that area in East Texas. And then obviously we have several national forests as well in East Texas. We got Davy Crockett, Sabine, and um, Sam Houston National Forest, plus a patchwork of other state parks, wildlife management areas, and other little protected areas in East Texas. So another plant that's kind of dominating the shoreline here is wax myrtle, uh, Morella serifera, along with the uh, sable minor, the understory. It's a mix of maples, sweet gum. Um, ooh, nice dogwood blooming. I think this is probably Cornus, Florida, but we saw some of these on the way in today. But 
And on my way up here on I-45, I was wondering, it's like, I wonder if it's too early for dogwoods. And not too early. It's perfect timing. They are gorgeous understory. Uh, I think they're underutilized in landscapes and gardens and things like that. We should be using more dogwoods, more Circus uh, uh, canadensis, eastern redbuds, uh, things like that should be used more often. And so I just came upon a patch of uh, probably going to be uh, some kind of water lily, spider lily. Um, honestly, the, the leaves look like agapanthus a little bit um, just because they're newly emerging. But I'm not sure. There's no flowers on them right now. And they're up about from probably a good 30 feet up from the shore. But it is a little bit moist around it with water oak sapling and the wax myrtle around it. Kind of an interesting development. And along this trail, there's a series of little boardwalks that go over wet areas from little seeps up the hill or just drainages that run from the slope of the forest uphill down into the lake. And this lake is dammed. It's not natural. It's, uh, you know, there's several creeks that flow into this lake. And fun fact, there's actually only one kind of sort of natural lake in Texas, Caddo Lake, and that's in northeast Texas. All of our other lakes of any size are all dammed up creeks or dammed up rivers. So I spotted some yellow flowers up slope a little bit, came over to inspect, hoping they were something native, but um, it's actually Japanese hawkweed, uh, Youngia japonica. It is a common weed in Texas. I think kind of anywhere along the Gulf Coast. It, uh, you'll see it in gardens. I pick it all the time from my garden. My son likes to pick it because it's a pretty yellow flower, but definitely weed you don't really want. So, got a little bit of a muddier spot I'm traversing right now, but it's not terrible. Um, see another gorgeous dogwood blooming, lighting up the forest ahead of me. Actually, there's a couple smaller ones too off to the side above that. A little squishy right here. But uh, there's some gorgeous dead trees covered in various fungus. I wish I was better at fungus. Slowly trying to learn those, but good lord. You really need to spore prints and things like that to get even even better identification on some of those. Oh, there's a gulf fritillary flying. I actually saw two monarchs in the park here today as well. So they are flying... Uh, not too many other butterflies I've seen so far, but those are some pretty big sightings. So another native small trees, kind of shrubby plant, I think is highly underutilized is uh, Ilex opaca, American holly. They can get sizably large trunks. They have gorgeous trunks that kind of get splotchy gray and white pattern on them and they're really beautiful trees are evergreen so if you're looking for something that has nice value in your yard year-round something you should consider adding yeah they've got that prickliness and I've seen people turn them to hedges I think the hedges kind of look eh, but let them turn into a tree they're 
gorgeous, especially when they're you find them out here in the woods naturally. They really stand out on their own. Um, something I just saw that I thought I should mention and talk about a little bit. Somebody carved initials into a tree. Um, didn't get <laughs> close enough to really like decide which tree it was, but saw it in passing and see this happen a lot in beech trees and I'm sure there's other trees that are more uh, palatable to people carving their names in trees don't do that y'all um, really should adhere to leave no trace ethics when you're exploring the outdoors you know this extends beyond just picking up trash and not throwing your trash out but uh, it extends to you know destroying the nature and the wildlife itself so, you know, that means don't carve your name and things like picnic tables or um, trees. <laughs> uh, don't burn uh, stray wood unless, you know, the park lets you collect wood if you're at a campsite or something. But a lot of state parks don't let that happen because they want those wildlife uh, availability. They want the, um, the collections of wood for smaller things like insects and little lizards and snakes and that sort of thing. So... That's part of the leave no trace ethics. There's um, even extensions to that, such as, you know, don't play music too loudly and, you know, don't tag certain protected areas on social media so that there's not a crowd of people, you know, especially if this happens a pro problematic out west with uh, cultural sites, pictographs, that sort of thing, especially in Utah and Arizona. So just be cognizant of those kind of things. Um, a common vine that blooms early February through mid-March around here is uh, Carolina jessamine. It's uh, Gelsimium sempervirens. It's a yellow vine, got green leaves that are ever evergreen. A great vine to find, great vine to add to your garden too. Uh, so I passed a few people and kind of coming up along more of a bottomland area again stream filling in and have a junction of two trails joining with the chinkapin trail which we've done the loop for about eight eight and a half miles around in the state park i'm not doing that today <laughs> but uh i'm gonna go down the boardwalk for a second kind of talk about what i see then i'm gonna turn back around and finish my loop back and i'm gonna pick up trash leave no trace people there's a granola bar wrapper don't do that um, a little bit of water flowing through here. Um, let's see if I can identify anything. Oh, gosh. Lots of uh, uh, Japanese honeysuckle coming up. Invasive species. Uh, a lot of elms. Uh, probably, oh, well, no, these are actually small uh, Carpinus carolinianums. Or carcar, I call them. Uh, ironwood, strongwood, might be other names you know. Um, oh, some sensitive fern. That's nice. A lot of actually sensitive fern. And a lot of rubus, dewberries, probably a trivialis. Uh, those will be great in a few months. Uh, Salvia lorata. Um, it's a very common spring uh, wildflower around here. Um, Oh, an eastern red cedar. Oh, and river birch. Betula nigra, I think. A couple of them. 
They're not really leafing out quite yet. And a nice black vulture soaring overhead. It's really a nice little swampy area through here. I've seen it kind of denuded when there's floods. Um, right now it's growing quite well. Lots of saplings. Seems like rubus is a primary flower down here right now. Um, oh, I think this is um, Sambucus uh, canadensis elderberry saplings coming up. That's exciting. It's a, it's a gorgeous little hike. So I'm now on the upper Prairie Branch Loop Trail, just past the Chinkapin Trail Junction. I'm not used to walking this fast, you guys. Been uh, hiking my son for the last few years, and there's a, definitely a pace change. So when I'm by myself or hiking just with my husband, you know, we can get a good three mile an hour, three and a half mile an hour pace going. Um, so pardon me for all the uh, breathiness going on here. Um, just past an eastern red bud, some uh, great sweet gum. I like the way sweet gum leaves out. Kind of looks funky, <laughs> if that's the right word. Not really a whole lot growing in the understory, um, at least wildflower-wise. Most of it is little um, tree saplings, primarily oaks. There's some like desmodium, but that's not blooming yet. Um, definitely <laughs> Yopon dominated. It's the big thicket. This is East Texas. It's what you're going to primarily see around here. So I just came across some violets. Um, Sagittata, maybe. Um, there's another one that I can't think of the name off the top of my head. That's pretty common as well. But, you know, beautiful little purple flowers. Extremely common um, early spring around here in woodland areas. There's actually not a quite a lot, but a few... Oh, there's a little butterfly, some sort of satyr, I think, flittering around in the leaf litter. So something I like doing, and we both like doing, my husband and I, and my son now, because <laughs> we've kind of indoctrinated. Oh, hold on. Butterfly alert here. Ooh, um, painted lady, buckeye, orange, kind of black spots. I'm having trouble identifying. I got my butterfly book back at camp. I'll have to figure that out. That's a nice little butterfly. Um, oh yeah, back to what I was saying. I We like going off trail a lot in areas. You know, you're allowed to do that. Um, some areas suggest you don't. But if you are in an area, go off trail, explore. You find a lot of... That's where you find the most interesting things. The plants that are uh, going to be in unique habitats. Um, that's where you find the funky fungus, the snakes, the interesting animals. Um, so I encourage you to kind of, ooh, 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 good spot sighting. Sorry, I feel like I'm a, uh, was it a dog, squirrel, <laughs> whatever, my attention span's going many different ways, but mayapples. Um, yeah, it's the first mayapples I've seen. I've seen several people posting them. Oh, and these are already setting fruit too, so... Um, yeah, about last, this time last year, we saw a ton of them in Sam Houston on the four notch loop while we were backpacking, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six mayapples right here, seven, eight, nine, 
the more I look, the more I find. <laughs> they are a great spring ephemeral. I kind of wish we could find those for in the garden trade. Oh, there's some more on that side of the trail. Um, yay, that's a good find. Oh, yeah. Take that <laughs> train of thought I had before I found those mayapples. Uh, yeah, get off trail. Go explore. Find cool things. Um, that's just kind of the our thoughts and processes. We've done a, a lot. It can be a little scary at times, yes. Um, that's where you find the interesting things a lot of the times. Unless you find inside the trail mayapples. And I just found some more of my mayapples. About five of them under a big thicket of yopon. <coughs> they, uh, they're a lot taller because they're seeking out that sun there's actually quite a few back in there, now that I look. So, they're there. You just kind of need to uh, peek off the side of the trail. And I kind of wonder, it always makes me wonder if people notice those sort of things when they're hiking. Or, I mean, what's that point of noticing? I mean, you may have walked past something forever and ever. It's always been there, but you didn't know it until you knew about it. And then you started seeing it everywhere. Some more of those. Oh, those are Red Admiral. And some kind of skipper chasing it. Um, so there are a lot of butterflies out right now. And this little plant that I don't know. Little white flowers. If I look at my book when I get back, I can probably figure out what it is. And I actually left my... DLSS, my DLSR in the can, in the car on this hike because I was going to record this little outing. I didn't think I could take photos and record. So I'll have to come back. And what is going on with that? So I'm here thinking, I don't actually solo hike very often. I've gone before I had my son when my husband was working out of town, I'd go on hikes by myself occasionally. Um, I definitely spook myself a lot, but um, there's a lot of great women who do solo hiking or hiking with other females um, on long distance trails, short, short trails. They're, that's what they do. Um, just never really been something I typically do, most because my husband enjoys hiking, so we go together. Anyway, so just kind of a thought that you can do it, just do your research. You know, be prepared. Um, you know, go in some more front country areas and parks and things like that where you feel safer to that exploration and that hike by yourself before you, you know, bite off doing some overnight backpacking or anything like that. So I'm going to kind of wrap this up. It's been kind of fun doing this. Uh, not quite as much botanically interesting to see is maybe what I saw in the whole country a couple of weeks ago. Just wildflower extravaganza out there. Um, what you see in the eastern forest is a lot more subtle usually. You're not finding swaths of wildflowers. You don't find patches of things. Um, like mayapples, you'll come into trillium occasionally, shack in the pulpits, sometimes orchids, other smaller wildflowers. Um, it's definitely a more understated community than what you would find in prairies or or more open landscapes where you have sun. It's definitely 
can be a little more diverse in that aspect. Um, but uh, Huntsville State Park is about an hour north of Houston, an hour and a half north of downtown Houston. It's about an hour from my house. It's pretty busy. It's in Hunts the town of Huntsville. Sam Houston State University is here. Giant Prison is here. Um, if you ever hear about a lot of things about that, it's nearby. Um, it's kind of, once you start hitting Huntsville on your way south on I-45, you know you're getting into greater Houston. So then you're hitting Conroe, hit the Woodlands, spring, then it's just like Houston for the next 60 miles. <laughs> it's a giant, giant town. I always forget how big it is, and I go to other cities in, in Texas, even, and I feel, I'm amazed, like, how fast I can get around town, and Houston is just ginormous. So, thank you guys for listening to this uh, little ramble. But I'm back out here, just on a different trail today. I think I took the Dogwood Trail and tried to do a little bushwhacking, kind of cross through a few areas I've seen that I'd like to explore a little bit. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing today. Uh, so I found some more violets. Oh, the other violet I was thinking of is Viola Sororia, I believe it is. I think that actually is what this is. I think I called it Sagittata yesterday, but... Sororia, that was the other name I was thinking of for the violets that are common out here in the woodlands of East Texas. It's about the same weather-wise today, um, but it's actually, I don't know, maybe a little bit warmer, I think. Quite pleasant, sunny, trying to find a good spot to ditch the trail again. That looks like a worthwhile spot to explore. We'll see how it goes. So uh, yesterday I was talking about the loblolly pines um, and logging and that sort of thing. There's two other pine trees that are prevalent in East Texas. They used to be a lot more common, especially um, one of them. One of them was the longleaf pine, uh, Pinus palustris. used to be far more common, and it is a preferred tree of the red cockaded woodpecker for their nesting cavities, and it's kind of one of the reasons the red-cockaded woodpecker is now a uh, listed as a threatened or endangered species, um, because that habitat's gone, that longleaf pine habitat, but, um, ooh, I scared up Katie did, and then the other pine tree is uh, shortleaf pine, Pinus echinata, it's actually quite a bit of Pinus echinata. In this forest, we've seen a lot of pine cones um, on a couple different trails that we've been hiking on. Actually, the, there's a loblolly trail. It's a short little, probably kid-sized kind of trail uh, near the nature center. And uh, there's way more, <laughs> there's far more shortleaf pine uh, on that trail than loblolly. And my husband was kind of joking, should be calling this the shortleaf pine trail, not loblolly. And, yeah, so those are the three main pine trees in, in East Texas. And I feel like there might be another one that might occur here sporadically, but um, I could be totally wrong on that. 
So I'm kind of going down slope from the Dogwood Trail. And on Leave No Trace again, I found a balloon out here in the middle of nowhere, which is honestly fairly common to find. Um, you can find balloons. This is a baby balloon, I believe. It says welcome baby on it. I'll take a photo of it for you guys. But yeah, balloons. Please don't release balloons. I know a lot of people do it for to commemorate somebody, to celebrate people. Just not a good idea. Not only does it end up in random wild places, um, if they end up in oceans or waterways, uh, animals can get entangled into the, the string at the end of the balloon. They can ingest the balloon. Um, there's plenty of horror stories you can find on Google about people, about wildlife and balloons. So keep that in mind. I, you know, it's hard to say no to my son when he wants a balloon. We do do that, but just be very careful about releasing it. Try to make sure it gets in the trash. Try to take care of it before you're uh, disposing of it and make sure it's uh, done properly. So I found a couple interesting plants here. I would come down the um, was part of the Lone Star Trail, and I guess it looks like part of the Chincapin Trail. Um, and I found one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-ish. Maybe there's probably a little more uh, Baptisia. I'm not sure which one, not flowering, but that was a pretty interesting find. And then back down the trail a little bit. I had to stop and take pictures because it was going to be weird um, when family of like, I don't know, 12 people came by and there is a shrub blooming, got really new leaves and it looks like a viburnum, but I'm not quite sure if it is a viburnum. I think it is. I think it might be refugulum, but I'm not quite sure. So I'm taking some pictures. I'm going to try to key it out, and I'll tell you what it is in the intro to this when I actually put this podcast together. Um, but it's pretty interesting because I've, I've seen the plant several times, but this is the first time I've seen it blooming as I'm walking along. And uh, pretty interesting to find. And that Baptisia is really exciting because I walked right by it the first time, and I stopped to let the family pass and look down, and voila, there it was. Alright, so I'm going to really wrap it up this time. wasn't expecting to have a chance to come hike again by myself, so I did a little bit too yesterday's, and now I'm headed back. I'm going to join my husband and son again, and we're going to go on another hike out here at the state park on a different trail, see what else we can see. We uh, looked for trout lilies yesterday, but you know, I've honestly have never seen trout lilies outside of a certain park in Fort Worth. I know they exist in East Texas in a few spots, but um, <laughs> unless you know, it's kind of hard to uh, to find them unless you are uh, always checking their habitat and not always finding their habitat. So we looked in one spot, didn't see anything. Hopefully we'll find something else interesting later on today, but uh, getting closer to civilization and campground again, and it's going to be loud and noisy. So my... Uh, peaceful bird song <laughs> hike is going to be wrapping up and I will try to put things in the show notes, links to plants that I've talked about uh, and some photos and previous hikes that I've done out here 
um, blog posts up on the podcast website for this as well. So you can kind of see what the state park here is like. Now, if you're in Houston and you've never been to Huntsville State Park, or heck, if you're at Dallas-Fort Worth, Austin, wherever, within driving distance, come on out. It's a great state park to go hike at. Tons of trails. Uh, I mentioned the Lone Star Trail. That is our 100-mile national recreation trail in Texas. Um, and it crosses through most of Sam Houston National Forest, a couple areas of road walking to connect those pieces. And it comes through Huntsville State Park. So there's a lot to do here, a lot to see in all the seasons. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. And I hope it encourages you to get out, hike, and do some botanizing of your own.